Well, hello there, and welcome to uh, an episode of the Sports Block Podcast. We haven't had one of these, I don't think, since the NFL draft ended. That was in late April. Holy cow, what a long time. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and co-host, Travis Krins. Travis, how are you? How is, uh, how's the COVID been? You're staying healthy? You haven't caught it or contracted it at all? You're, you're doing good? Not that I'm aware of, so doing just fine. Had a lot going here. Very nice today. It's 73 degrees. Yeah. What a what a beautiful day out. 73. This this summer's heat and humidity, especially late June, early July, has been terrible here yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah. I don't. I, I think it's probably uh, probably similar experiences in Mitchell. But the the storms that we've had have just been amazing. You know, the torrential downpours. Uh, it's it's been a it's been a remarkable summer in terms of weather. I would like it to be cooler, and thank goodness this week and even into next week is supposed to be a little cooler. Supposed to be out again this weekend down here, but yep. yeah, winter's no good. But summer weather when it's hot just sucks. So. Yes, yes it does. Uh, yes it does. Well, you know what? Sports is back to a degree. We have golf going on. Uh, NASCAR is going on as well, and NASCAR made a lot of headlines for, I would say, all of the right reasons. Uh, you know, between, you have Bubba Wallace, who is the only African-American driver. He was kind of the, well, he is uh, the, really the the face of NASCAR right now, especially in light of the whole Black Lives Movement and, you know, from the George Floyd death and every. Thing like that, and then you had the new situation there uh, a few weeks back that was determined not to be in news, but a lot of people going, uh, you know, insane over that. Like, oh, too much was made of it. Yeah, it's not. It was a good, is a good thing and stuff. So NASCAR, you know, banning the Confederate flag. NASCAR has done a very good job, I would say, in terms of not only getting back into being able to run their sport, you know, do these races, but just combating all of the social issues, to me anyway, I think they've done a remarkable job. Yeah, they were pretty quick and swift uh, with everything. It seems like everything else takes forever, but they were pretty uh, swift with it. I think uh, things turned out pretty well for them. Probably hope they don't have any fans at their races, but hopefully if they do ever have fans at their races again. Uh, they, they, they uh, go with their policy. Yep. Uh, golf is not going to have, or the PGA is not going to have any uh, fans at their remaining four events of the year. That was announced earlier this week. That does not apply to the Masters or the U.S. Open. Uh, the Masters isn't until November, and the U.S. Open, I can't remember when that is, is later on down the line. So we'll see just what happens there but uh and then you get then you get into more of like baseball and you know uh, football the nhl uh the nba uh so many things to get to here so which sport do you want to start with first oh man well for the golf uh, i guess we're gonna have the, the sanford international in sioux falls for the third year in a row the oh, champions okay. tour yep. and i guess you're gonna allow fans there so we'll see how that goes and it's in KBR professional bowl right in Sioux Falls this weekend, <clears throat> something like that. A thousand fans on Friday night. I don't know how much they had for Saturday or Sunday. 
But uh, every Sioux Falls Canary, they're playing. We have fans in attendance, so we have had fan participation up here. But that's because uh, South Dakota has had such a low amount of COVID cases, and you're you're one of the states that are either steady or trending down, right? Yeah, we're kind of staying steady. We were down, I think we're down under 800 active cases a couple of weeks ago. I think we're above that now, slightly above 800, 850. Um, we're just not testing that many people anymore. So I think that's part of the reason why. Okay. We've had just over 100 deaths. And we had a big surge um, of testing. We tested a bunch of uh, nursing care facilities, nursing homes, and the, and the workers there and the residents. And there really wasn't much there. I thought there would be maybe more with that older population, but there wasn't. So that did not uh, cause anything at the big uh, 3rd of July celebration, which was an embarrassment on many levels. Um, <laughs> and then we've got this golf tournament. We've got certain things coming up. we got Sturgis Rally, and it's the 80th anniversary this year, so see how many hundreds of thousands show up for that. So our governor, this is an embarrassment anyway, you dice it. I was going to ask about her running ads in the state of Minnesota about South Dakota being open for business. That seems like it's a shot at the at the state that borders South Dakota. To uh, their east. big thing, like Sioux Falls and, and South Dakota, we're open for business. Come and you know, be safe and come to South Dakota where we have things open because it's always about money and it's how much money you can make. And uh, she says, no, the science on masks is still unknown, which is false. It's not unknown. Mm-hmm. We know what causes climate change. That's done. There's no debate there. We know what we know what good a mask can do. Um, it, it doesn't take a genius and she's an idiot. So It doesn't prevent it, but it certainly prevents the spread of yeah. it. I mean, that it, it, it helps significantly. Yeah, it certainly helps. So we put one and one together and she comes up with three because she's an idiot. So, yeah, that's what's been going on here. I guess, I don't know, baseball, we get ready to, what, 10 days away from the baseball, so. Okay, we'll go there. It'll be the first major sport, I guess, to come back. Yes, I will get to that, but I just thought of something here, too, and I want to make sure I get this in before we move on. You were part of a Midco Sportsnet trivia contest here, what was that, last week, and you you won, you crushed it, you did excellent. Uh, tell, tell us about that. How fun was that? And how did you, did you just email someone? How did you come to be a part of this, uh, this, uh, little contest that they had? They had a thing, uh, maybe a couple, probably a couple months ago, earlier this summer, saying we're going to do this, fill out this questionnaire, or answer these questions, and then I guess they just picked, you know, whoever finished. Whoever did well on that questionnaire, there were probably 23, 24 questions on there. So I filled that out and I got an email uh, three weeks ago from Alex Heinert saying I'm going to be on the show on this date and all that. And so we did that. It was last week on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And so I, and this is, uh, there had been four other previous editions in the previous week. So I just watched those and okay, what questions do we have? How is this going to work? How tough are the questions? So I just kind of kind of studied a little bit, you have no idea what the questions are, and you mm-hmm. just kind of trying to pick up something along the way, and the study really didn't do anything for me, except for the, last, the very last question, okay. which is like the most important one, it kind of, I kind of came across that answer, just looking at 
different stuff throughout the uh, the day before. So that helped. Uh, it didn't only help with the the regular session, the, uh, the before the final Jeopardy sure. question. So got off to a slow start. Um, my partner was of no help to me. Um, <laughs> if you saw that, he didn't. I you know figured as much. But what is Joe Hawley? Yes, he's a former lineman for the Falcons and the Buccaneers, and I think he played about eight years in the NFL. He's not that Hawley uh, senator from Missouri, is he? Thankfully, it wasn't him, but maybe it would have been a little more help for me. So this guy's kind of, he just, he's just kind of been traveling the country for the past couple of years, he just kind of sold everything and just went with, like, the nomadic life. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a pretty interesting story for him. So when I saw it, I used my partner. I'm like, well, this guy's kind of off the grid a little bit. He's got a blog and everything, but I can't imagine us paying too much attention to what's going on. So I kind of, you know, offered him a chance to help a couple times, and that didn't happen. And after a couple questions, I'm like, well, I'm on my own here. So got off to a slow start, and then there's a big turning point, and um, that kind of cleaned up from there. And the previous high score was thirty nine oh one, and there's the, the the finals are in two weeks, and you need to be among the top two finishers for that. Ooh. So I had to get up to thirty nine oh one, and I ended up betting all of it on the final question. Oh, okay. So we're up to fifty four hundred points. Wow. So I, feel, so I feel confident. Yes. I feel confident that I'll be in the finals. I also feel confident the person I will face is the person that I faced last week, who also bet it all, and is at 5,200 points. Ooh, ooh. So uh, I'm pretty certain there will be a rematch with me and this kid. Uh, he's out uh, near Rapid City, I believe. Okay. Like he may be a little, little younger than us. He had a good partner, Dave Brown. David Brown. Yep. Uh, he, he, I was hoping I would get him, because he helped him a couple of times. I felt like if it was just me and the other guy one on one. I would have won easier, more mm-hmm. easy, I guess, because there was a couple questions that David Brown got that the other guy I don't think would have gotten. So uh, we'll see. Probably be a rematch two weeks to go two weeks to ago. determine that. There's one here tonight with just uh, area coaches, so I don't wouldn't expect much from them. Okay, so July 28th then, is that what I'm understanding then? What was it? July 28th, that would be the final? Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks from today. Okay. So I get past this week should be fine. The next week we'll see what happens. It's probably going to be me and that other guy again uh, in a rematch. So very cool. And it's fun. To, you know, I mean, we've done a lot of previous stuff on the sports lounge. Yes. And we're familiar with that. We want to see see how we would do, and uh, it was fun to do, and it was a bad start. I'm like, well, is this a bad? <laughs> then. Uh, we rolled from there and ended up getting the final question right. And things, things worked out as good as they possibly could have. And I won a big gallon, like, Arctic, I guess, the uh, company. It's like a Yeti type thing. Oh, yes, uh, yes, Ar- like an Arctic mug. A gallon, a gallon thing. Sweet. Um, water, you put water in there, I suppose, a bunch of ice or something. Yep. It's a gallon jug. So wow. I got that, and if, I, and if I win the whole thing in a couple of weeks, I don't know what runner-up gets, but you win like a Yeti cooler, right? You get 20 pounds of ice in there. Sweet. So. 
Sweet. So what we, uh, what was the final question? Final question was, uh, I figured there'd be something to do with Pat Mahomes since that news was the day before. <laughs> and the question was, who, what, what quarterback is basically the second highest paid or who did Pat Mahomes, um, you know, yes. makes $10 million more than this guy who's now number two in yearly salary? Okay. And that was the one where I looked, I saw something like a, a day or two before that because I, I figured there'd be something Pat Mahomes related. Mm-hmm. I looked at the salaries, and I thought I remembered that this guy previously had the highest per year salary before, and it was right, and we both got it correct. All right. Uh, I believe it's, is it Russell Wilson? It is Russell Wilson at about $35 million or so, somewhere right. around there. $35. I, was gonna... so, I don't know if I would have known that without looking that up. Sure. A couple days before. We'll we'll touch on the Hall of Famers uh, contract here later on in the podcast because it was just fantastic. So great, great job! Congratulations to you again, and uh, good luck in the finals in two weeks because it's a foregone conclusion, pretty much, that you will be there. But the base, I would would think so. Yeah, the baseball season uh, first pitch is ten days away. As of the recording of this podcast, it's you're going to have the Yankees and the Nationals. You're going to have the Dodgers and the Giants. And how Major League Baseball has set this up is that it's a 60-game sprint, which isn't that what I kind of said when we talked a couple of months ago. I said, it, realistically, I think you got to do like a 54- or 60-game schedule. And they are doing that. They are going to play 10 games against the AL Central opponents. And then the remaining 20 games will be uh, a combination of teams from the NL Central. At least that's that's the, uh, the, the, the Twins schedule. If, you know, if you're in the East, you play uh, the, the Eastern teams. If you're in the West, you play the Western teams. It makes a lot of sense. Do you think Major League Baseball got this right in the end? Yeah, yes, it's fine. It was dumb that they couldn't come to an agreement and it came to this. That they couldn't play in all 70 or 80 game season. It had to be 60. I, I, I don't know. Travel-wise, I don't know, you're still going to Chicago and you're going to Cleveland and you're going to Detroit. Pittsburgh, I think, too, right? Pittsburgh, so it's, I guess, as close as can be if you're Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Like, Milwaukee barely has to travel at all, but Texas, they have to travel a long ways because really there's nowhere close to Dallas or Fort Worth or the Rangers. They yep. gotta go. Rangers and west. Astros, yep. So I guess it's fine. There's a lot of, like, two-game series out there, so it's like Twins are in St. Louis for two, and then they're back in uh, Minneapolis for two against the Cardinals. So I was wondering how they do that. They got four games where they just do four games at a couple of them and four games at home, but I think a lot of them are split into a piece. So, Twins, by all means, should win that division. They got the easiest schedule because they get to play the Tigers <laughs> and the Royals yep. and, and, and the Sox. So, should be a division title, and hopefully uh, things go well. But yeah, it'll be an interesting season. See if anybody can do something crazy like that 400 for 60 games or. Uh, we'll, we'll see what type of weird stuff who the MVPs and Cy Youngs are. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be way different because it'll be a bit of a sprint now, 60 yep. games. You can't uh, you get behind by four or five games. Or usually, they'll no big deal, but 
you get behind four or five games, yeah, it's going to be every game is going to going to have a little bit of a, a little bit more meaning. So far, be. far more significance. So, Arguably, three times as significant because it's a third of the season, just about anyway. Um, yeah, so that'll be that'll be interesting to see how that that works out. So when I when I saw that they were that the they were kind of at an impasse that the that Major League Baseball said we're going to give you this offer and take it or leave it and the and major, the MLBPA said eh, no we don't we don't like this deal and then it just came back to Rob Manfred and he said okay I'm just going to do 60 games and the and the players were like okay we'll agree to that. That it seemed like that was what he had talked about, like back in March or something. Like this was like a last case scenario. But the the fact that the that Major League Baseball, the players, agreed to this, I I am I guess I'm a little confused as to why all of the bickering back and forth regarding the length of time and length of games. If ultimately this was Rob Manfred's decision and. He could impose whatever he wanted to, and the players just said, "Yes, we'll agree to that." Why all the fighting back and forth? Am I missing something? Am I not understanding something correctly here? I think there was a certain point where, like, he had the power to make that decision. If they got to a certain point where they could not come to an agreement, then it was, I guess, in the rules that it was then up to the commissioner to set the guidelines of what was going to happen. I mean, but for the players just to say, like, "Okay, this is fine," it's like, well. Why all the fighting back and forth then? Like, like if you and your brother have uh, have to make a decision, but you can't agree to something, well, then the well, in your if you guys don't agree, then mom and dad they're going to sure. make the rules for you. So okay, that's fair. That's essentially, what happened? And they're going back and forth on how much you're going to get paid and this and that, and they just could never come to an agreement. It was ridiculous the way it was. It'd be, I mean, the owners were going to lose money no matter what because there's going to be no fans at these games. Right. It's like, you're, you're going to lose money anyway. You, you can afford to lose money on this. Not everything has to be about how much money can I make at every possible turn. You're going to lose money. It doesn't matter what you pay them. You'll, you have more money than you could spend in a hundred lifetimes. But ultimately, it didn't matter and it went back and forth and here we are with the 68. How much, and you mentioned it that it's going to be a sprint, and that has been mentioned by a number of different people here, and that how much will a division title be cheapened by the fact that it is only 60 games? You know, the stats and stuff, you know, batting 400 over 60 games. Obviously, you can't, you have to take a look at the broader picture here, and you can't say, oh, well, I mean, we just got to throw all these stats out. But but what do you think? How are people going to look at this season in terms of the statistics, like how many home runs the Bomba Squad hits, and uh, you know the and just like division titles and stuff. Like let's say there's a surprise team, like, you know, God forbid, you know the like the Baltimore Orioles. Let's say they win a division title. How much are people going to look at that and say like, well, you only won the division because it was 60 games. If you played 162 a full season, you would have lost by like 20 games down the stretch because the Yankees and Red Sox are just that much better. Like how much How much do you think that's going to come into play in people's minds? And all the, yeah, if the Dodgers and the Astros win their division, then that's fine. But again, if it's Seattle or the White Sox or the Orioles, people say it's cheapened because... If it was a full season, those teams likely would not have won. So, mm-hmm. Mariners got off to a great start a couple of years ago. They were like forty and twenty or whatever, and that 
didn't even finish over 500, they would have made the playoffs that year for a 60-game season. Yep. Washington had a terrible score. They 19 and 31, whatever Washington was. Yeah, last year. Uh, 250 games. They would not have been anywhere close to the playoffs last year. They won the whole thing. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see if some team unexpectedly gets up to a, to a good start. And uh, if, if they can win a division title or get to the playoffs, I think the playoffs will be the same. So there's no uh, added wild card with I like that. Just keep it the same. Mm-hmm. But everybody expects it to be the, the Twins and, and the Astros and the Yankees and the Dodgers. Probably, you know, like the Braves and, and the Astros or the uh, the Nationals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, NL Central, maybe the one division we're not quite sure about. But I think, yeah, we'll, we'll see if there's a surprise team and if there's a surprise team and then I think they will say, well, that's a bit cheap. It's not the Dodgers. It's not the Yankees. It's, you know, it's Toronto winning the division. It's certainly I th- the one thing, and again, that's and that's why I brought the the question up. If you know, say the Orioles wonder, as you mentioned, the Mariners, or you know, maybe the Reds, or someone like that. The one thing I yeah, think that's yeah. I also think it, like if somebody gets sick, if Freddie yeah. Freeman he's sick right now, or if the Twins lose a few guys, or if the Yankees lose a few guys, mm-hmm. and, and all. I mean, these are not injuries; these these are illnesses. This is a virus. Yep. Guys are going to miss time. So it's just a matter of, so I think that's going to be, be the cheapest thing of them all, no matter what sports, mm-hmm. is when guys leave for a couple weeks to be quarantined. It's nothing that's happened before, and, and you know, it's really somewhat the luck of the draw, a yep. lot of it is. And that's what I was going to ask, is the fact that if it's different with this being covid and, you know, this is a virus and everything like that versus, say, you know, steroids or it, they just lock themselves out because of a collective bargaining agreement or something. Like, the fact that it's COVID, I think maybe that'll change some people's perceptions of this. Like, okay, everyone's kind of playing, you know, by the by the same letter of the law, same rules and stuff. Anything can happen. This virus can strike at any time. So maybe that will change some people's perspective in terms of maybe the season being cheapened by the fact that it is shorter if there is a surprise team that wins. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, especially with the NBA and the playoffs, I guess hockey too. Like, what if like Russell Wilson's sick right now and he can't play and he might miss the first week? Russell it's Westbrook, you mean? It's weird that all, that all of a sudden, so-and-so's not going to play. Yep. And he could, he could be completely fine. He'll, he might have the virus, but he, I think Miguel Sano, he has it, and he feels completely fine. So he's not sick at all. It's, yeah. it's just a weird thing. Or it's like certain players are going to not play. It's mm-hmm. just, we don't know how you have sports like that, but I guess we're going to try. The testing seems to be the one issue that Major League Baseball is having in terms of the results coming back either to like, it's just taking longer or several teams. I think the Cubs this week had to uh, cancel workouts or they had some members that didn't participate. The Nationals and the Astros have both had this where it just seems like the testing hasn't been nearly as smooth as what the Major League Baseball had either laid out or what was thought upon by everyone involved. How much of an issue do you see that becoming? And I guess maybe that extends to a broader issue of sports in general with all this testing, how much they're taking away that from the general public, the time it takes to get those tests back. That could also be a larger issue across the board. The whole thing with this test, I mean, I would say testing countrywide has probably been our biggest 
weakness and we still can't get these tests back quickly enough to where they could test you on Monday, you could maybe get the virus on Tuesday, you show no symptoms, the, the test comes back Wednesday or Thursday and says back and you're fine to go, mm-hmm. even though you, you, you were now infected because you caught it Tuesday after you initially tested, mm-hmm. and then you go out on the weekend and infect a bunch of other people. So the, the testing needs to be hours or an hour or less. It needs to be a, as close to immediate as possible. It just isn't there. It's a failure on all types of levels. That, that we're four months into this thing, similar to the gun battle, everybody else has figured this out. We, we don't know what to do. Minnesota. Wear a mask. That's what you do. There's right. no vaccine. There's no pill. There's no shot. Not yet. Take care of this until hopefully next year. How do you take care of it? You stay inside. Uh, you don't get too close to people. Uh, you wash your hands and, and you wear a mask. Yep. Those are the things you do and people don't seem to uh, to want to do that and that's why I, I don't believe there's going to be a football game played this year. They're just, I don't, I don't think there will be maybe NFL but not college. Well, and I, it's, we, we, don't, we don't deserve to have one because mm-hmm. we didn't take the steps. Yep. And other countries have. I think Taiwan or Korea, they're back to having people at games. England, I think Great Britain is looking at that, too. I think Great Britain's having uh, people at games. I think PSG, uh, I think it's a Premier League soccer team. I don't know. Maybe they're in France or something. They had 5,000 people for an exhibition game. Is either France or or in uh, Great Britain there? They had people at the games because, yeah, they've done a great job flattening the curve. Japan, they're getting back to normal. All these countries, they're getting their sports back, and here we are having a bunch of NBA games and a freaking wherever the hell are going to have the NBA games. Walt at. Disney World at the so, multiple arenas. I mean, you're going to have it in a hotel ballroom somewhere. It's like, come on. Well, they're even so. You know, we'll we'll, we'll go into the NBA here now because the NBA is making, um, you know, they're. Their their players are gonna have to dress in the hotel room. That's that's what they want to do. And some some guy from the Kings walked out like a couple steps outside of the bubble zone to get some food that was delivered to him. And now he's got a you know a ten day quarantine. I don't know how far he had to walk out or whatever. It doesn't seem like it was that far or that much. I mean, the whole like the NBA was like, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do it right. All this quarantine stuff and it, you know between that and they're the the one professional sports league that has done far more in terms of being active uh, within communities uh, in terms of embracing a lot of uh, social stuff what you know like the with the black lives matter and everything like that like they they have uh, given the players a huge platform to be able to voice their opinion and express how they feel which is great however now that you're going to do this in this bubble uh, there's a lot of logistical things that can go wrong, and I just the NBA is doing it as well as they can, I think. Uh, but given the the increase in cases in Florida, especially uh, Miami or like Dade, uh, Miami Dade County there in South Florida, uh, I I feel like the NBA is not going to be able to put together a season where they can finish, especially when you have rules like you can't replace players and stuff. Like, Rajon Rondo just broke his finger or his thumb a couple of days ago for the Lakers, They and he's going to miss six to eight weeks, and Lakers can't replace him at all. Like, you're just going to have injuries, and between that and the virus, I don't know how the NBA is 
going to succeed in completing their season and getting through the playoffs. Rudy Gobert got one guy got it. They shut the whole thing down. Yep, Rudy Gobert. So somebody's going to get it, and he's going to be around his team. But I guess his team can still continue to play. I guess because before the whole thing was, oh, Rudy Gobert got it. Who did he play against last week? Who did he play against uh, a couple days ago? Mm-hmm. What about that team? And now that team's somewhere. Uh, now, what, now what are we going to do? So we're all going to be you know, in Orlando, which is in Florida, which is the biggest case in the world right now in Florida. Mm-hmm. With a 15000 a day or whatever it is, just yeah. a ridiculous number. Yep. And so, we're, I mean, at least hockey went somewhere where the cases are pretty low up in Canada. That yes. was smart of them. Yep. Why you would go to Florida, I guess, for facilities, but let's not go to one of the deep places in the world. That's yep. state. So that's not good. We'll see how this works. I have no idea how this works. I just, I just, I just don't see this happening. Maybe, maybe they'll get through these seven-month-long playoffs that they have. <laughs> but how, how does this work? You're going to have, you know, play LeBron gets it, or some big, you know, we're in Game Six of the Eastern Conference Finals and couple of guys for the Celtics get it and they're like talk about cheapened and I just don't know how you have this if we're going to do what we're going to do and somebody gets it and you have to sit out a couple weeks it's it just isn't feasible I guess we're just going to keep playing guys are going to get it they're going to go off for a couple weeks and maybe they can come back if their team's still playing but it's it's going to be just ridiculous. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Random. The, the WNBA is doing their season down there in Orlando as well. Their season hasn't even started yet, so they're going to do an abbreviated season a schedule. I think it's like 20, 22 games, something like that. Uh, Elena Deladonna is in the news because she tried to get a medical exemption for Lyme disease. The doctor said no. So I think the really only the reason why that's so big, because she's been medically cleared to play, the reason it's so big is that Elena Deladon is one of the top five players in the WNBA. She was the MVP last year, at least MVP of the finals and stuff. So, like, when you have that big name and the WNBA is saying no to that, if the, like, Le, what if LeBron James gets it? What if Kawhi Leonard were to get it? Or, you know, some someone else? How are you going to say, oh, it's okay for them to play but not for... Others, you can't. Everyone's going to get it across the board. So it, it has to, the same rule has to apply to everyone, regardless of status or stardom. Um, I, I, I just wonder. I think the NBA is running into a few more problems than what they initially thought. Even if it goes down to something as simple as food and stuff like, oh, we're going to give you this. This is going to look great, and you've seen players take pictures of their meal. Like this is not what. Uh, they said we were going to get, or this presentation's bad, it just looks bad, it tastes bad. That's probably why that Kings guy tried to get food delivered to him, because the food there sucks. <laughs> it's it's just going to be very difficult for the NBA, but I'm glad that they're trying. I mean, you have to at this point. You want to finish your season, and that's great. And you got older coaches. I mean, what if the team loses their coach? How big of, how big of a thing is that? Yeah. I mean... You you and you're gonna have some coaches that can't play or can't coach because they're more susceptible or you know they say oh I'm going to coach Dean but what if you know 60 and 70 year old players are, or coaches are more susceptible 60 70 year old people are more susceptible uh, I just pray that Hubie Brown's not uh, doing the radio broadcast because he yeah. would die in like two days. <laughs> 
you did mention the NHL, and the NHL I think is the one league out of any of the out of Major League Baseball, out of the NBA, the NFL, college football. Uh, they are the one league I think that has the best chance to be able to pull their season off, their playoffs off, and crown a champion, a legit champion, because, as you mentioned, they are going north of the border to Canada. They were looking at Vegas. They saw Nevada had a spike in cases. They said, okay, you're out. We're going to go to Toronto and Edmonton. Canada's done a great job flattening the curve. They've done a great job getting those coronavirus cases down. So put them on, you know, put teams on each end of the country, eastern and western, makes sense. I think that we'll see what the testing does and stuff, but the fact that they are in a completely different country that's done such an incredible job in terms of getting that curve flattened, I think speaks volumes to the NHL's decision-making and also to the fact that, yes, it seems likely that you will be able to get your season completed, your playoffs completed, without, I'm hoping, without too much uh, interruption or issues. Yeah, you would hope so. hope so. It'll be interesting to see what happens, I guess, just looking at, uh, for the NHL, like, where are these games going to be shown at on TV? Uh, what is it, Saturday, August 1st, looks like to be the yep. first day of these playoffs? Yep, yep. And, I mean, a very odd, where you got the top four seeds all playing each other for seeding, and then you got these other, what are these, these, yeah, these basically qualifying series to get to the playoffs. What are these, yes. best of five? Rest best, of, best of five, and then the rest of the playoffs are best of seven. Uh, and, and like pre-playoff playoffs. And, you know, if you, if you lose... game that West, like the Wild, like 9.30, 9.45 mm-hmm. Central Time start, so that's not great. So, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll Stanley Cup playoffs are always good. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how we get through these these pre-playoffs and get to the get to the real deal here. So this play-in series, I don't know if you saw this or heard about this or not, but the NHL did their lottery and stuff. They're going to have the draft in uh, October 7th, I think. Uh, then training camps are going to start November 17th, and they're going to... I mean, so the season's going to end, they're going to have a month off, and then they're going to drop the puck on the season, I believe, December 1st. But the, the one, one of the teams that loses in this play-in or this qualifying round playing round they are going to get the number one overall pick and the prospect that they are going to get the, the number one pick is sensational like he's he's as good or maybe even better than like Sidney Crosby I think they're comparing him to he's, he's super talented so you're going to have one of these teams that for fighting for the playoffs to get in the one of these eight teams that loses is going to get the number one overall pick so like as a wild fan I'm wondering, I'm going to, if we do a podcast here in a couple of weeks before the NHL starts, I'll try and get Marcus on to, to talk about it. And like, as a wild fan, yes, I'd like you to succeed and go, you know, do well in the playoffs. But, you know, if you can, if you lose and you get that number one overall pick, maybe that's the better route to go. They just got um, this uh, Russian kid. He was, uh, they drafted him in 2015, but he was under contract by the KHL um, for a number of years. So the wild couldn't bring him over. Uh, he's now under contract with Wild. He can't play in the playoffs because of NHL rules, which I find stupid. But this guy is super legit. So if you pair this Alexis guy, the number one, the presumptive number one overall pick, with this Russian kid and with the rest of the 
these uh, good guys like Kevin Fiala for the Wild, like that would be absolutely incredible. So I'm I'm kind of torn in terms of just how much I want the Wild to succeed in the playoffs, but it's just going to be good that hockey's back, and I think playing in Canada is the smartest decision overall for them. Why did they have this lottery after the season was done? Why was it necessary to have it when they had it? I don't like what they did at all. Well, it's a it was a they random it's random, a random, random draw. Team number five gets the first pick. Who that is, we don't know yet. But it's, come on, it's 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 half the year. It's it's the, essentially the same thing though that happens, you know, with like the ping pong balls and stuff in the in the NBA. You know, the NBA doesn't hold their lottery until after the season is complete. Yes. Or, like, they, I guess they, they hold it, like, during the playoffs, but you know, you know, in the lottery. We don't think that or yes. not in the playoffs. Or I don't know. Like, why did hockey not say, okay, let's wait until the season's done, then let's have the lottery? Like, why did they need to do it a month ago? Compressed. Like, why not say, like, what sense does that make to say, well... We don't know what team got the number one pick. It's one of these teams that are not going to make the playoffs in this deal we're doing. Compressed scheduling, perhaps. Uh, like you say, if, if if the draft is going to be five days after you crown the Stanley Cup champion, I mean, you don't have a lot of time to for draft boards or scouting. And do, stuff. It, like, do it when the playoffs start, like the NBA. Like, okay, we know what teams are out of the playoffs. Then let's do our lottery the week after this uh, this opening round or whatever you want to call it. It's done. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like there were there were a lot of different options to to do this instead of saying three or four random teams that we have no idea who they are get whatever pick. Yeah. Like this on what? I guess. I mean, I guess it's the same thing though. You know, that it was such a slim percentage chance that there would be a team out of these qualifying or this, this these playing teams that. Uh, would get the number one overall pick. Like, it should have been the Red Wings, without a doubt. They, they had the highest percentage. They were just god-awful this year. Uh, the Red Wings should have got the number one overall pick. The Kings probably should have... Or the Kings could have been right up there. Uh, some of these other very bad teams, they should have gotten it. And, you know, it's the luck of, you know, the ping-pong balls or the luck of the lottery. They didn't get it. And, I mean, it... Yeah, we don't know who it is, but I don't think that would... That's not by design. It just happened to be the way it... It was that they that one of these losing teams in the playing round is going to get the number one overall pick. Okay. Uh, so we'll see what the testing. It, the one nice thing for the NHL uh, is that you know their their bargaining agreement went very smoothly, a lot more smooth than than the Major League Baseball. They seem to be on the same page, which for hockey for the National Hockey League is saying something because they've had more lockouts since the turn of the century than any any other league um so we'll see what happens there but good on the nhl and uh their playoffs will start august 1st and then the nfl training camps are set to begin here in a a matter of a couple of weeks they're they're agreeing they're talking now they're trying to come up to some agreement in terms of safety protocols and roster sizes and stuff so the nfl is definitely going up against the clock there's going to be at max two preseason games. Sounds like players don't want any preseason games at all. I think we would all be okay with that if that is truly the case. Uh, 
But who the hell knows what's going to happen with the NFL and college football, too. I mean, college football, you know, with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 saying they're going to conference-only seasons now. The Patriot League saying there's going to be no fall sports. Ivy League saying there's going to be no fall sports. They're going to do football in the spring. I mean, unless cases start going down, especially in the South, because the SEC is going to make the ultimate determination, determining factor, I think, in all of this here. Um you gotta get you gotta get these cases down in order to be able to play some football, have fans in the stands. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Ivy League, they were the first ones back in March to call everything off. I think. Yep. Their, their conference tournament, and, and everybody else followed. And I think it's gonna be a similar thing. They all oh, we're gonna do no no non-conference schedules, which I don't know. Does that make any sense? To, I think they're just delaying. They're just giving themselves a few more weeks to see if maybe something approves. Mm-hmm. And I mean, California shut down, so things should start to get better there over the course of the next month or two. But Florida, they don't appear to be shut down. Uh, now, these other states, Texas, they don't appear to be shut down much at all. Right. So I, I don't see. I don't see a college. I don't think we're going to have a college football season. I just don't see it. I don't think we're, we're going to have all sports or college. The, the one thing with the Ivy League making the, the decision, they were the first sport, as you mentioned, the first conference to say, yeah, we're not going to do our conference tournament and stuff, which granted was a two-day tournament to get in. They were just going to give the automatic qualifier, and that was before the NCAA tournament eventually got canceled. But their... The revenue that the Ivy League generates is not dominated by sports. Sports is secondary to them. Unlike the SEC, unlike the Pac, you know, the Big 10 and stuff. So, while it makes sense for the Ivy League to do that and obviously other leagues, other conferences are going to take a look at what the Ivy League is doing, sports is not the main source of revenue for these schools as it is at say Alabama or uh, you know, USC, you know, some of these other, you know, Texas and stuff, they, you know, they live for football then in the fall, especially, you know, the SEC and, you know, that sports is such a huge part of those universities that they are going to do everything possible to have a season, but it all determines on, as you've mentioned before, people wearing masks, staying inside, getting this coronavirus down, which doesn't seem to be happening. Just a ripple effect of one conference cancels, then all these conferences cancel their non-conference. So SDSU, they're not going to get a half million dollars from Nebraska. Yep. They were going to play on September 19th. And SDSU plays, what, Butler or whoever they play September 5th? Yep. Then they don't have a game for like three weeks. Because they had a bye week after that, they had, they had Nebraska, mm-hmm. they have another game. So they've got three weeks to go here with no games, that Butler game ever does take place so do they just call off their non-conference do they just do they fill that with another uh, game I guess Hawaii Robert Morris is going to play Hawaii so then Robert Morris they're trying to, to fill their schedule because they're like Patriot League and, or whatever the hell is going on so could could, I, could you see South Dakota State playing Notre Dame yeah like what does Notre Dame do they don't have a conference Desmond Howard so says, "F them, yeah, screw them." You know, this is. And then the... you got some, just got these stupid, you know, stupid things like 
not going to play South Carolina. Georgia's not going to play Georgia Tech. But Missouri is going to play, you know, Georgia or these the schools that are a thousand miles apart. Mm-hmm. West Rutgers, Virginia, Rutgers, and Nebraska are going to play. West Virginia and but Texas the, Tech. Yeah, West Virginia and, and whoever. I mean, West Virginia and Texas. It's like they, they can play, but SDSU can't play Nebraska. It, it's ridiculous. It, it, I, I don't know if their excuse is well. We've got all these schools, and they can all kind of keep an eye on each other, and we'll all play each other, and we'll all have the same rules, so that'll keep things uh, from not spreading. But it's like, you know, I don't think they're going to have a season because I think we're past the point of, of getting a hold on this. It's going to last through the entire year. Hopefully we'll have an election in a few months. Well, we'll have an election. It's not hopefully. Year. The election will happen. Like, how, how much better would things be if we had a guy who was the president wearing a mask and going on TV every day saying, wear a mask, do this and do that? Like, would that have made a huge difference? Yes. It probably made some difference instead of having the guy we have in there now doing the complete opposite. All I, I, can, mean, all I can say is, for those people that didn't want Hillary, we would not be in a worse situation with Hillary. Not trying to start anything, it's just a fact. I mean... You can't say that we're... It couldn't have been any worse. It couldn't have been yeah. any worse. No, it couldn't have been any worse. It would have been better. Um, yeah, I, I'll be curious to see... It, so, if college football... And I'm going to get into more on this with, with Charlie here when he comes on. Um, you know, if college football elects to go to the spring, I don't think spring football is the way to go because you're going to have so many players choose not to play because... Uh, it's so close to the NFL draft. Uh, you don't want to risk injury, and it, and then what does that do for say like college basketball and March Madness? Do you push push March Madness to May or June? Um, if, I guess college basketball in general. We're still a little ways from college basketball going on, but I mean the Ivy League isn't doing any sports until January. So your non-conference games in, that wouldn't involve any Ivy League school are out the window you know I I want I hope that college basketball happens this year I think it will I don't know in what modified season it will it will occur but I think it it will happen I hope it happens that's my main concern but I just wonder how you're gonna how the NCAA envisions pushing all of these sports into just a, a tight window, a, f- a three or four month window, and how you're going to get the TV, you know, the the eyeballs on that because, you know, how are you going to broadcast the NCAA tournament if you have Alabama Auburn playing football on CBS? Like it, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. It does it doesn't. I don't think it can happen successfully. So they're going to have to figure that out. If you push college basketball back a couple of months, if you condense the college football season, but you do it. At the beginning of the year, I don't know it. It's it's really fascinating, for lack of a better term, to to kind of see and see how it all unfolds and think what they're going to come up with. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see spring football being a thing. And yeah, because of the because the virus is just here to stay until we do something different, and we decided not to do anything different. You know, like Trevor Lawrence would not play in a spring season. No. Like, there'd be no reason for him to play. So right. that, uh, and him and a lot of other guys uh, would not or should not play, so I don't see that happening. Like, the the virus, the, despite March Madness not happening, if this virus maybe would have been 
like three weeks later, it would have been perfect timing. It was almost perfect timing in which football was done. Uh, you know, hockey and basketball were almost done to get ready for the playoffs. Yep. But we had a good time here to do something about this. You now the time has come to where uh, we would be rewarded with, hey, sports are back. We did, we did good. We, we shut things down. We were socially responsible. But then states like Florida and Texas have to mess it up for everybody else. Arizona. Arizona's not going. I mean, New York, uh, yesterday was the first day since March they reported no, nobody died of the coronavirus. So New York, they're uh, very, very low on the scale right now. And uh, we, we had our chance. We had our chance. And we, we, we shut down for a while. We remember how that was. And then about, uh, what, Memorial Day, about end of May, we decided that was enough. Two, two months was about enough and we wanted to get back at it and that was that was our choice and so now we we reap the benefits of that by maybe not having sports for the rest of the year and if we do have the sports it's going to be compromised talked about which absolutely sucks a couple last things here for me and then if you have anything else you want to discuss uh We'll do it then. Uh, Mahomes, Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes, signs a uh, an extension. Is that a 10-year? He's going to play through 2031. So he's got 11 years remaining in Kansas City. Five, a contract worth up to $503 million. Some people always say like, well, athletes are overpaid. Um, like I say, you know, you are what the market says you are. And Patrick Mahomes is worth every last penny for the stuff that he can do, the dynasty that the Chiefs are potentially set up for. They just signed defensive tackle Chris Jones to a four-year, $80 million deal, so the Chiefs are printing money. Um, you know what? But Mahomes is worth every every penny. You see it. He's a, he, I've said he's a Hall of Famer for two years now. I will keep calling him a Hall of Famer. He's great to watch. He is the face of the league, and you saw it you know, with that video that he had after the George Floyd death. And when he got involved, the, the NFL's like, oh boy, we better take, uh, you know, we better heed the warning here because he is the face. He drives this league. And he, the Chiefs absolutely had to pay him, and they did everything right. You pay him what the market says you are, he's worth every penny, every last penny of that five, potential $503 million. And then just the way they won the Super Bowl. They were down big in every game they played. And yep. They came back yep. easily. And, and they wouldn't have done that with Alex Smith. Was it 24 to nothing against Houston? Yes, it was. Teams don't come back down 24 to nothing. No. At all. And then they happen to do that. Most people think he'll win another Super Bowl. He, I mean, he probably will. But, again, like I always say, Aaron Rodgers, he won one. Drew Brees. One one, and if we were to ask people at the time, Aaron Rodgers will he win another one? Oh yeah, he'll, he'll win a couple. Drew Brees will he win? Oh yeah, he'll win he'll win a couple more. They won one. They might not win any more. Yep. So he's very exciting. He's a great quarterback. But I mean, they very easily could have lost any of those games last year. Yes, yes, they, they could have. And the Chiefs are kind of the Vikings on the other side of. Yeah, they're pretty good, but when the playoffs come. They usually lose. So, he'll probably win another one, but I don't know if it's guaranteed that he will. So, 
And he, he signed up. So congratulations to uh, to your father-in-law. He's very excited. He is. He's very excited. Five hundred three million dollars. Oh boy! It just it's just it's great to see. How much of that will he actually make? I bet. Will he make four hundred? Yes. Yes. Well, the, the he's got a hundred and forty million dollar like injury like for injuries and if stuff. If he never played another game, if yeah. he you know dies tomorrow, then he gets out. Well, he's not gonna get that because he's dead. Um, maybe his well, girlfriend. Well, first game he breaks his neck, can never play again. He'll get 140 million. Right. Or whatever. Right. Well, uh, he, he won't get 500 out of this. Do you know? Here's a question. Okay. Do you know? I don't have the exact figure, but do you know what NFL player has made the most money in his career off of his contract? Off of just off, off of just contracts that he has signed. Just okay. I have the exact I have the exact uh, numbers here. The most money the NFL player has actually earned is this guy. He's a quarterback. This guy earned this amount of money over this amount of years. It's the most money anybody has ever earned. My my the two okay. guesses that come immediately to mind are either Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Uh, You're half right on one of them. Okay, well, I gave you two. Not, not Peyton I'll say Tom Brady. It's Eli Manning. No shit. Wow. Eli Manning, he earned more money, than, and that should obviously change here with Mahomes, or maybe if Brady plays a couple more years, I don't know what, what it looks like now. But how much money did Eli Manning make? He played 16 years. Oh, um, I will say he made. Um, three hundred and twenty million. He made two fifty-two. Two fifty. Okay, that was way under. Nobody in the history of life has made more than two hundred and fifty million dollars than Eli Manning. He's he's made the most out of anybody ever. Nobody's made more than two hundred and fifty-two million. So maybe Baba Holmes will make more. I don't know where Brady's at right now. Maybe he'll make more if he plays a couple of years. That, Three million. So, trying to see what uh, Peyton Manning is at. What's he at? Peyton Manning. Yeah, being up with now two hundred. This is two forty-eight. So he is literally four million dollars behind his brother. Two forty-eight is what they've got him as. Wow. So, I mean, we will see. We will see what happens mm-hmm. uh, with the contract. I'd maybe put it maybe closer to three hundred million. What he ultimately gets out of this, we can look back ten years from now and add up the numbers. But uh, yeah, huge, huge money. Amazing. I forgot what I what else I was going to say. So, do you have anything else? Mike Dom played some basketball games last couple weeks. He yes, played he did. well. Mm-hmm. Didn't play that well in the last one, which they lost. But he was in this basketball tournament for Illinois for some godforsaken reason, and. Um, I think he was kind of injured, kind of banged up last year during the draft process. And, um, like, he's an NBA player. He looks so skinny. He looks like he's lost a lot of weight. Huh? He, he looks like he's lost a lot of weight. His frame is is built really different. When anybody says, you know, oh, who's he going to guard or this guy's defense, is he good enough to play defense? Usually that means that that guy... He's usually pretty good offensively, so I always come back with who's going to guard him. 
He's a six. What is what is he? Six ten. He can shoot threes. He can go inside. I'm not too concerned about his defense, for God's sakes. Nope. So, like, he's better than Nate Walters. So, I mean, Nate Walters got you know a couple seasons in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milwaukee. It, it would be a shame if if John Conchar gets a chance in the NBA, but Mike Dobb never gets to play a game. So hopefully, hopefully he gets to play. Amen to that. Amen. Yeah, that was. It, it, but he needs to do something with that hair. Not a fan of the hair. Oh yeah. Uh, All right, my friend. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts, Mister Sack? And there's a, a new ESPN radio lineup. Oh yes, that was that was what I was gonna bring up. Yeah. A lot of changes. A lot of changes uh, on your on your end of things. No more Mike and Mike. It sucks. No more anything in the morning. They're changing the whole thing. I will tell you this. I will only listen to the Dan Levitard show. And they cut that by an hour. They're cutting that down in two hours. Yep. The best thing they got, they're cutting it down. Yep. And I heard, I think, that, I don't know if something's happening with Highly Questionable or not. Uh, that would really suck. Uh, I I don't get it. I, I really don't. I don't get what ESP... It, it, you know what? It's one thing to get rid of Golik and Wingo. It's say what you want about... like. I like Mike Golick. I like you know. I like Senior. I think Junior's fine. Trey Wingo. Like the, they just they had really good chemistry. The show had flow. It was it was just it was a good show. And to to replace them like you want people to start your day with you. You want them to that that to carry over then into the Dan Levitard show and and your uh, your afternoon programming and stuff. So you're gonna replace. The Golics and Trey Wingo, who were just on the heels of Mike and Mike and stuff, a great run there for ESPN Radio. That was their peak. You're going to replace that with Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahenti? Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is that? I just, I, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And now you're throwing Mike Greenberg back into the radio. You're giving Max Kellerman a slot. Like, I, um... What did I do? What did I do like Mike and Mike in the afternoons? I don't know. Well, Golik Jr. is doing a show. I think it's with um, oh, who I can't remember who it's like, Cheney Ogumoke or something like that. In the in the afternoons, so you got you got uh, Jason Fitz going back now with Sarah Spain, which the two of them had a good good show. But it's like I mean, Fitz was fine on his. Oh, I, I just don't get it. Like, you have completely lost me with any of this. I will be watching the Dan Levitard show or listening to it, and that's it. That, that That's it. So we got Max Kellerman in the afternoons, too. Yeah. I mean, For a couple hours, it's like, I don't know what they're doing. It's, uh, I got, it was like, Trey Wingo maybe wanted out, and maybe he wanted to not wake up so early in the morning or whatever. I, I think they're, I don't know, it's, it's interesting who they think. Thank goodness, there though, they're keeping, like, you know, Bamani Jones and Pablo Torre and Mina Kimes. They're like, going to give like them a larger show, plan. Like, yeah. You got some younger people here. Like Bamani Jones, I really like him. I like him, too. And then they're cutting those guys down. It's like, Jesus Christ, who are we going with here? Why are we going with these other dudes? When you got, when you got a, a group of people that... that you know, how great would it be to have uh, Bamani Jones in the morning with whoever the hell else? Mm-hmm. 
How about throw the right time with Bomani Jones back on the radio like it was before when they gave him the podcast and then they tried to do the show with us? You know, just figure it out. Like yeah. ESPN's just it's. They had Ryan Russillo on in the afternoon, but he's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you used to have uh, SVP and Ryan Russillo. It just oh, very good. doesn't make very any good. sense. Doesn't make any sense. All right, my friend. You uh, stay healthy. Oh, oh yeah. What? The Washington football team. Oh, yeah. Good. The, we can't call them the Washington racial slurs anymore. It's a long time coming. They don't have a name anymore, so we don't know. The Washington football team changed it. So there's been a lot of changes. Yeah. Uh, with, with names here, I guess Black Lives Matter. Um a lot of it, just other racially insensitive names. It's fine that they do that. It seems like we're doing all of this, like the big thing, Colin Kaepernick and everything else and George Floyd and the riots and everything else this summer. It's all about the police. And yet I don't think there's been many changes with the police, have there? Not yet. They're trying to though with like defunding it, but I mean that, that doesn't, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into like defund the police program or mantra yeah. or mentality and stuff that's not really like truly getting rid of the police. I don't know. I, that, changing their roles. Yeah, it goes well beyond my pay grade. Other groups, maybe having other groups and other people take over for police in certain aspects. Yeah. Like we're changing a bunch of names or changing a bunch of foods and logos and and team, we're doing a bunch of stuff that, I don't know if it matters a whole lot, if you want to change them, that's fine. Just maybe update this thing. But, like, if you change it at your mind, is that really, I mean, is that helping the cause? It seems like we're doing stuff just to do stuff to appease people and say, see, mm-hmm. we did this and we did that, and we changed this name and we changed that name, and we got rid of this logo. But the, the problem is still there. The problem hasn't changed. The problem with the police still there. It seems like they want to do anything else except address the actual problem. I, and that seems like a problem. Certainly some things need to change. Um, I've been on the Washington name change for a number of years now. Um, I'm fine with certain things changing, but cancel culture needs to stop. Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things going on. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, it was good catching up. What a year. Holy yeah. Christ, what a year. <laughs> yeah, 2020, go home, you're drunk. Uh, can it be December 31st? Yeah, there's Kelsey doing the dance. She uh, she agrees. Uh, screw 2020. Just get this damn year over with. Uh, we'll talk soon, though, my friend. I'll have another podcast here soon. But if we don't talk before then, good luck in the finals uh, in a couple weeks on the trivia. And uh, yeah, do the best you can, and uh, I'm sure you'll win. And... Uh, well, we'll talk soon. All right. We're going to head to Kansas City in a couple weeks for a vacation. We'll see how that goes. All right. Talk to – see Patrick Mahomes there. Get a picture with him, okay? We'll see what opens today. Can I have a million dollars? Thank you. Today we're talking on the show, like, what does the offensive line one of those on the show? And, like, what's the best gift a quarterback's given you? And he's like, oh, watches and iPads. And certain guys got a whole lot better stuff than I did. Like Mahomes could literally buy his offensive line like each of them million dollar houses. Yes, yes. Or like jet skis or like a million or two million dollar house, and it'd be like it wouldn't even scratch the surface.
would be like maybe a quarter of what he would make in a year. Exactly right. Exactly right. That's where we're at. Uh, have you talked to Charlie yet? Uh, no, I have not. I will soon. Ask him. I don't know if you've seen it on his Twitter. He's doing like a, what is it, a Saturday afternoon movie thing. Okay. Where he's like, uh, he's watching a movie. Some guy and him at work watch some movie like every Saturday afternoon and they tweet a bunch of stuff out about it and whatever and you can follow along. See, see how that's going. Ask him about that. Okay. I certainly will. If I remember, sometimes my brain is a little forgetful, but I will do my best. <laughs> All right, that's fine. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Travis. I'll talk to you later. All right, I'll see you later. Travis Krenz joining us here at Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. As always, great stuff there. Yeah, a lot going on in the sports world. Uh, and there's not a lot of stuff going on in the sports world. But hopefully sports is getting back there. But will there be a football season? Will there be a college football season? We'll talk about that next with Charlie Hildebrand when he joins me here on the Sports Block Podcast, which you can find available on podcast.com. Also, follow me on Twitter at NDSacken, Facebook, Nathan Sacken. Link to the podcast posted uh, once we do the podcast and get it up in the week. Coming up next, though, Charlie Hildebrand on the college football season. Is there going to be one? We'll talk about that next here on the Sports Block Podcast. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast and pleased to be joined by my good friend who we haven't talked in a long time, but it's good to hear his voice. It's Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's probably been, what, since like February that we've done this? I don't think anything's changed since then, right? No, no. Just just regular good old 2020 in February. Yeah. uh, Kobe Bryant dying was easily the biggest story of the entire country, the entire world. Yeah, the the world's in perfect harmony. There's no uh, dangerous disease or virus that's uh, killing people uh, across the globe. Everything's hunky-dory. Exactly. College football is right around the corner, and I mean, there's nothing that's going to prohibit that from starting. And uh, well, I mean, it, it's just grand, isn't it? It, it sure. Is. I really wish that was the case. The more we go on, it was just get to sadder. I'm <laughs> I mean, this would be about the time. You know, maybe we'd start probably closer towards the beginning of August, where we would be previewing the conference tournaments and stuff, and maybe that still will take place. Or not conference tournaments, but but previewing the conferences and picking who we think will go to the college football playoff. And maybe that will will still happen. But it's not going to be in the, I guess, the normal setting that we would normally be talking about college football. And that's because we don't know if a college football season is going to take place due to COVID-19. Uh, already, we've seen a number of conferences either canceling their leagues or at least canceling non-conference games. The Big Ten and Pac-12 have announced they will only play a conference-only schedule, which hurts the likes of teams including South Dakota State and North Dakota State. The Patriot League is canceling their football season entirely, as is the Ivy League, or I guess the Ivy League is moving towards a spring schedule. So... I guess gave you a lot there. Go any direction you want. What what's your initial thought in all of this in terms of college football and how in the COVID nineteen? Well, part of this is I'm I'm going from my time frame of the 
I forget exactly what the date was, but I uh, covered the Iowa boys state basketball tournament. The uh, we have two teams make it, mm. and one team win the entire tournament for their class. Uh, shout out to avoiding all comments. There you go. Um, but they were basically one of the last live sporting events. Period. It, I, I don't think they were the last one, but one of the last ones because there was the uh, when the NBA suspended everything. That was like Tuesday or I think it was Wednesday. Yep. I'm almost positive it was a Wednesday. Yep. Because I was dry because Boyd Hole played that day in the semifinals and won. As I was getting back in my car in Des Moines to take the four hour drive back to Sheldon, I heard that on the radio, and that was when it was like, oh, this has gone from like sort of serious to quite serious. Mm-hmm. They debated whether they were going to keep playing or not. They decided that they would play out the rest of the state tournament because they only had two days left at that point, and they did it with um, far, far fewer fans. I think each each fan base was allowed like 100 people because at this point, it was like they wanted to keep the numbers, I think, under 500 at that mm-hmm. point in time. Mm-hmm. And if each fan base only gets 100, we'd still be under 500. Long story short, that state title was on a Friday. The state title game was on a, a Friday. It was like March 13th or 14th or something like that. Probably because I think March point, 12th was the day that the sports world stopped. So that would have been a Thursday. Okay, so March 13th, the Friday, was the day. Because I know it was a Friday that they played the state title game. Mm-hmm. And around that time, I was like, well, this is serious. But, you know, after a month will be fine and even into I mean I started getting a little less or not less a little more concerned that maybe this will be around longer but I remember even in like the middle of May thinking like okay well we're still gonna have sports by fall you know at the end of the day there's no way the SEC's not gonna play there's no way the NFL's gonna say we want less money and not play right but basically since I don't know late, middle to late June, I've been getting less and less pessimistic about it, and at this point, I just don't think, I don't think they're going to play in the fall, at least. You don't? It, at all? At this, I, I shouldn't, when I say that, I'm not saying like I'm 100% sure. Yep. But I think, I just, I don't think it's going to happen in the fall. I, I think in the spring it's possible, but I think we're going to get to a point where, you know, we keep setting dates and pushing them back and it's going to be the middle of October and it's still not going to be great. They're going to say, let's just punt and let's wait till March or late February and do it then and hopefully it works then. Now, I've gone back and forth on this a couple of times over the last four months or so. Like I'm sure a lot of people have. So mm-hmm. I certainly could be wrong. You know, it would be great if tomorrow or the next day we find out uh, like, oh, hey, guess what? They've got a way that you can a shot like a flu shot, so you don't have to worry about it. Then that would be fantastic. Yep. But I don't, I don't know if that's what you want to bank on. No, and there's uh, supposedly there is a uh, a vaccine that is showing promising results in early testing, but I mean that's still a ways out. Likely not until the end of the year, more than likely the beginning of 2021. I think everyone's looking at the SEC and SEC Commissioner uh, Greg Sankey has been very forthcoming he's been very honest with his level of concern for the the college football season he's 
uh, said that, you know what, people need to start doing stuff. If they want football in the fall, people have to start changing the way they behave. They have to wear a mask. They just have to they have to do the, the, the things that we need to to get these numbers down. And the South has been a big epicenter of the recent resurgence or I guess the I'll just call it resurgence for for lack of a better term of you know the these high coronavirus cases and we know that the SEC or that the South lives for football on Saturdays and so if this isn't a wake-up call if if Greg Sankey's comments don't resonate with people down there then we aren't going to have football because the SEC had a meeting in Birmingham on Monday and they said we will wait until the end of July to make our official decision now something could come before then but at this point it seems like unless something changes drastically in you know these states Florida Texas uh, Arizona South Carolina that we aren't going to have football and the SEC is going to be that they're they're going to be the conference that everyone looks to if they play football everyone else might but if the SEC doesn't then you know that this is way more serious than even we know the, the serious nature of it to begin with I agree with what you said for the most part I think you said if the SEC plays then everyone else might I would say if the SEC plays a couple of other conferences there's a good chance they will I think a lot of them might say still no mm-hmm. I absolutely agree though that if the SEC says no it's I don't think anybody else is, at least not of the schools and conferences we care about. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if there's some conference in, you know, Virginia, West Virginia, you know, that's some Division three or Division two conference, maybe can do it, but that's, you know, not not our wheelhouse. Right. And I shouldn't see I should, you should not speak for you. Not in my wheelhouse. I'm assuming not. I don't care what Wheeling University in, in West Virginia does at the D2 or D3 level. I don't even know if that is a university. I think it is, but I have no idea. Yeah, I, I do not know either. Could be. I mean, I'm going to assume it is, but well, I don't know. You know what? We'll take a look. I'll, I'll, try, I'll pull this up here as, uh, as we continue to talk. I will also say, just I mean, there's thousands of things that we could say about what what went wrong, what went right, things that should have been done and said for coronavirus things. I'm sort of interested in your opinion on this. This is my, I, I've not followed a lot of this super closely. I did in the first couple of weeks and kind of got sick of it. It made me sad, so I quit watching. But it seems to, like, it, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this. It seems like in the Midwest, which is what we would know the most about since we've lived here our whole lives, essentially. Mm-hmm that right away, it was not a problem in the Midwest. It was the two coasts that had the problem. Yeah. And everything shut down, at least before Northwest, before Iowa as a whole, I think especially Northwest Iowa, there were problems. You're back in Minnesota now, right? Yes, I am. Yep. I don't know exactly the timeline for Minnesota compared to Iowa, but I think one of the problems was that, and I shouldn't say problems, one of the issues was that well, there were problems in other states. There weren't problems in Iowa yet, but Iowa said we're going to shut everything down and do this, which ultimately I think was the right decision. I'm not saying that's wrong. Yep. Maybe I should say the downside was, well, people here were sitting around when it really wasn't that bad yet. Yep. By the time that they were like, hey, let's open it up, 
that was when things started happening. And it was just like, well, we already did the waiting around and we don't want to do this anymore. And the unfortunate thing is it's like, well, yeah, I understand that. But when you were doing that, that was when it actually was more okay. So maybe I shouldn't say, it's just one of those weird things in, in life that I think it was right in what they did, but everyone was like, oh, well, we've, we've sat around while, you know, in, I don't know, Seattle or wherever, and it's getting better, so we can go out. And it's like, well, no, things have not gotten down in this part yet. You're, it's, it's still to come, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. In that, in that long, did any of what I said there, like, make sense? Did I just sound like a No, no. <laughs> no, you didn't. I, I think we're, you know, where Minnesota's kind of pretty much shut down on, like March fifteenth, or I think March twenty second, twenty seventh, somewhere around there was the last day that I went to the gym for like three months, and it just about three months, two and a half months, and it really sucked because everything had closed down and cases weren't very high. But then they started to rise in May, and then you know restrictions were loosened a little bit because people are getting antsy, like the the economy is not going good. Restaurants and bars need to open. To, uh, to, to people, and it's like, well, why did we wait so long? Or why were we close along if the cases weren't there? Well, it's to get, you know, the ICU, the makeshift ICU uh, stations ready, uh, in case you had to make U.S. Bank uh, a stadium, uh, a hospital and stuff. So, I think there was a lot of waiting involved, but it, it makes sense, and now I'm kind of, you know, I was like, come on, let, let's open it, let's let's get going. And now that Minnesota has, for the most part, gotten to that reopening stage, we're seeing a little bit of an uptick here lately. I'm very thankful that leadership here within the state, Governor Tim Walls and, and the other members of you know the House and the Senate and stuff, have done their due diligence and were as careful as they were because... While Minnesota is seeing a bit of an uptick right now, it's not as bad as it is down south because they didn't reopen too quickly. You know what I mean? So in in that regard, I think Minnesota is is good. And you know what? I'm hoping that there will be at least some fans that can go to Vikings and Gophers games this year, provided that there is a season. And, you know, with the Big Ten going to a conference-only schedule, including the Pac-12. I'm wondering if the the reason for it is because they can maybe move some of these conference games up a little bit, or maybe they'll add more conference games. Um, you know, maybe you'll, you'll put conference games right away the first couple of weeks, and if you need to have a couple of additional bye weeks in there or cancel some games, you can do that. I, I don't know what what the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are thinking in terms of his schedule, but I, I think that might be some of the reason, don't you think? My understanding is it's that, and it's just that they have full control, man. Just in yes. Term, and not in like, a, oh my God, they have control. How dare we see them as control? But more like, if some team can't play for two weeks, they can adjust the schedule, so... Mm-hmm it works much easier as opposed to if you've got non-conference games. And it's easy to forget that, you know, I think most of us, when we think of non-conference games, we think the first three or four games of the season and that's it. And usually that's the case. But, you know, randomly someone plays Notre Dame in the middle of the season or there's other late ones for various reasons and that just, those are those are harder to deal with and control. So 
I understand the thought process. I think it's probably a good idea that they do that, at least as a, hey, maybe things, this will work out. And hopefully it does by then. But, yeah, I mean, I, we'll, we'll see. I, I hope it does. I hope we get college football in the fall. But, but I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we, we, we were probably going to get to also. Is that it makes sense that they do this. The downside is that there are a lot of schools that really could use that 400000 or 700000 yes. or $1.2 million paycheck. Absolutely. But they're not going to get that now. Yep. Most it, notably, wink, wink, the college that we both attended yeah. in South Dakota State. Yes, and we're not going to play Nebraska. Now, granted, I'm happy about that because I hate it when South Dakota State and Nebraska <laughs> play. But I wish that South Dakota State had somebody that they could play to get a large paycheck from. Well, I think North Dakota State was going to get like $685,000 for playing Oregon. Like, that's an absurd amount of money. Uh, and. You know they have, but they have to travel further. And Oregon's probably a better team than Nebraska is at this point. No offense. Um, by the way, yes, we- I think it's fair to say that the defending <laughs> Pac-12 and Rose Bowl champions are better than Nebraska, who went four and eight last year. By the way, I will, I will see that. <laughs> Wheeling University is a private Roman Catholic university in Wheeling, West Virginia. So uh, there we well go. Done. That is a nice pull there, Stan. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm not seeing what division they're in. I'm going to guess it's D. D2, it's D two or D three, um, but but there you are. So uh, so we have that there. Um, I, I mentioned this with with Travis earlier, and I don't think that college football in the spring is a good option. I think it's got to be fall or bust. And the reason I say that is because you're going to have the likes of some of these guys who could get drafted very high, like Trevor Lawrence. Like Trevor Lawrence has no. Um, no incentive to play football for Clemson in the spring with the NFL draft so close. You know, it in April, late April, early May, he's just got no incentive to risk injury if they're playing in the spring. Uh, you play in the fall, you play for a national championship. That's great, but I think you're going to see a lot of players who have a good chance of getting drafted high not play for their respective teams and I would absolutely respect any everyone's decision not to if that were the case. I also wonder if you're going to move college basketball back. Do you do May Madness instead of March Madness? Do you how do you how do you put all of the sports how do you push them into such a tiny 3 to 4 month window or maybe you just say it's just football and basketball and everyone else can wait. I I don't know the answer to that, but I I just don't I look like scheduling wise it would work for football but there's so many other sports that you have to worry about from the NCAA standpoint and I think again with with players that could be drafted high in April and in May's draft I don't I don't see any reason why they would play spring football so I think that would be that would definitely throw a wrench into the college football season and who would come out as college football champions or into in the playoffs. Terms of the, the players not playing, I would say, oh no, so Alabama's not going to be as good. Great. Um, I get what you're saying, and it would change things up. And if you're a diehard Clemson, Alabama, or Ohio State fan, it might not be as good, but mm-hmm. they're talented enough that they'll just replace them with more talented guys. I mean, in, and I agree, obviously, college basketball has fewer players on the field of play than 
football does, but every year there's guys who just leave early mm-hmm. in basketball and get replaced by someone else. I think football-wise, I mean, it would be different. It would be like the beginning of college basketball season where you're like, I don't know who so many players are. But I think that would ultimately not be a huge problem unless, you know, you're sad that your first-round quarterback's not there anymore, which I can understand that. See, but, I mean, I would say at the end of the day, I mean, you're a Gophers fan. Do, yep. you watch, do you watch the Gophers because of the quarterback and the receiver they have, or do you watch them because you followed the Gophers your whole, your whole life? I would watch more for the, for the latter reason, but certainly with the success of PJ Fleck that PJ Fleck and the team had last year, you have Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman coming back. I mean, this is a lethal quarterback wide receiver combo, and I mean the Gophers are poised to be a significant force in the Big Ten for many years to come. But this is a team this year that can really do some stuff. Um, not saying that last year's team couldn't, because they did beat Auburn in the um, in the Outback Bowl, but like there's there's expectations for them this year. They have that quarterback wide receiver combo. If they, if there's no season this year, I don't think either of those guys come back. Rashad Bateman sure doesn't come back. Uh, maybe Tanner Morgan does, but it just it it, it affects everything. And Tanner Morgan's coming back. He's not playing in the NFL at least not in terms of I'm leaving early because I'm going to go high enough. At least that, that's my opinion at this point. Uh, yeah, you never know. Todd McShay might rank him as a top 15 quarterback like he did <laughs> Mitch Leitner. Or, uh, that's true. That's a good point. I had forgotten <laughs> about that, so you never know. I, I did, you mentioned college basketball. Mm-hmm. I don't have a great, I got a great answer for how we would compare with college basketball. I think basketball, you would just basically have to play at the same time and say, you know what, they overlap some, they're going to overlap again this year. We're going to avoid playing as many Saturday games and play more Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday games, I guess. I mean, you can still obviously have some games yeah. on Saturday, but I think that's just what they would probably have to do and, and play them mostly the same time. I mean, there might be but think maybe of, basketball waits a month later to start. But, but think, of, think of the television money that's involved in this and the schedules that go into everything. Like, football would dominate over basketball, I get that. But I think that, I think just even the television side of it throws a huge wrench into all of this. If you were to move football to the spring and keep the college basketball season as is, you would almost have to move college basketball back. I mean, we'll find, I mean, we might find out. I don't, I, I think that you could still do it just because. They play college basketball during a large chunk of both uh, college football and then also the NFL season, which mm-hmm. goes on longer through the Super Bowl. And I think that they would just, I mean, college football, you wouldn't change a lot except the dates. You know, it would be months later, and they would just mostly, I would think, play Saturday games. And I think that's, and I mean, yeah, I, mean I don't want to repeat everything I said again. But mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm not saying that's like the perfect option. I mean, there's always going to be. There's going to be issues with anything regardless until this dies way down mm-hmm. pandemic-wise. And I think that would be, at this point in time, the best of a not of a bad situation that makes it functional. So, I mean, you can push college basketball farther back, I guess, if you want. But, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe they would do that. I don't know. Maybe you wait until 
Like you could do oh, May Madness. May, May Madness. The end of July. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, it's. I don't think there's a there's a perfect solution to any of this here. And then you have guys like Desmond Howard. I don't know if you saw his comments that you know, he's he doesn't feel sorry for Notre Dame if there's just a conference uh, only schedule for for all of the Power Five conferences. Like, what would Notre Dame do? Are you going to play UMass and BYU and maybe maybe you get South Dakota State to to venture on into South Bend to play? Do you, maybe you play Hawaii and like so. I mean, Notre. Do you feel bad if Notre if there's no conference games? Do you feel bad for Notre Dame? In theory, I should, but I don't because I don't like Notre Dame. Okay. <laughs> so similar to Desmond Howard, and I get that that in some ways is bad to say, and in some ways, like intellectually, I feel bad for him, but emotionally, I have absolutely do not feel bad for him at all. Right. If I mean, that makes sense. this is the re. People have said, why don't you just join the conference? They're like, we like being independent. Well, if you're going to be independent, then you're going to get left out. You're going to get left in the cold. So you will have to put together a schedule on yeah, the fly. Can, they can play Army. They can play BYU. They can play UMass. Those are three independent teams off the top of my head. I yep. think they would find a way to play Notre Dame regardless. Even, or not Notre Dame. Navy. Like Navy regardless. Even yep. though they are in a conference now. To keep that super long streak going. Yep. But after... After those four, and I, I used to know exactly who was in every conference and division. There's mm-hmm. been enough change over the last decade that for the lower FBS conferences, I forget who's where, and I don't remember all the independents. Are, are, there, are those all the independents, or am I missing? Uh, New Mexico, New Mexico State. So I think Idaho was one, but it's dropping down. They're they're D two. They're they're FCS level now. Um, yeah. uh, New Mexico State would be uh, another D1 independent. I'll pull any additional ones up here. Um, Hawaii isn't, but Hawaii, I think, would try it. No, they're in the Mountain West, but they would try and fit someone in. I mean, but maybe that's where you get like a South Dakota State or a North Dakota State to... to See, here's the Good fun point. thing, Stackhead, is I agree with what you're saying, but Notre Dame, the uh, the proud, insufferable institution that they are, along with UCLA and USC, brag about how they've never played an FCS school ever, and we're so important, and we don't play those bad schools, where mm. you and I, and I think a lot of people, but unfortunately not as many people know, that the top 30 or so FCS schools are much better than the bottom 30 or 40 FBS schools. So when you're bragging about, oh no, we don't play FCS schools, there was a long stretch of time where Army was terrible, yes. and they played Army every year. And it's like, well, yeah, but they're not any good. So so I don't know if Notre Dame would do that. It would be nice if they did. So there's another thing we could poke fun at Notre Dame about being proud about that isn't a thing anymore. And if they played South Dakota State, it'd be good for South Dakota State. Absolutely. Because you would get to, oh, here's a uh, Liberty is also it's the the FBS Independents. I, I always forget about Liberty. Well, they they're just new to they're new to the party. So the FBS Independents are Liberty, BYU, Army, Notre Dame, New Mexico State, and UMass. I mean, it. We're in murderers row of a schedule is, there, right? It is. So I mean, you can't have fans in attendance because no one's going to want to show up exactly. for a lot of those games. Uh, so. We'll see what happens here. Uh, and, you know, with the Ivy League canceling their season or, like, moving it to the spring, 
The Ivy League is the exception to the rule here because sports doesn't drive their revenue for the university, like as it does for so many of these other schools that are especially so dependent on football uh, driving the athletic budget and and stuff. The Ivy League, it, it doesn't matter for them. So them pushing it to the spring, like, yes, they're, they're the first ones – they were the first ones to advise that they were doing this. People wondered if there would be a, a domino effect and you get the Big Ten and Pac-12 announcing that they're going conference-only schedules and now the Patriot League is saying they're canceling all fall sports or the football um, schedule for this year. But like the Ivy League is so much different than the SEC or the, the Big 12, the Pac-12, Big Ten. I mean, it's just Even it's such a different conferences, argument. They're yeah. different than all of those too because yeah. they're the only one that doesn't participate in the playoffs then. right right exactly so it's there while it's worth noting i think it's also something where you have to look at it in a, as a slightly separate case you have to come you can put it together with the rest of what the other conferences are doing but you have to put like an asterisk by it because it is the ivy league so yeah, I, I, I think I agree with what you're saying. I mean, it's sort of like it's not the true canary in the coal mine moment. It's the uh, the bipolar canary who pretends he's dead sometimes when they're not dead. So it's not necessarily a sign. Mm-hmm. But it, well, it, it, it's sort of a sign, but it's not a it's I, not a you know stamp it in red ink. This is absolutely what this means. I've never heard of that and analogy before. You've not heard of the canary in the coal mine I, thing? I have not, no. I like it. I've just never All heard right, of super, it. Super, super quick uh, Charlie story time. I learned this in middle school in, a, in an assembly period. Okay. Uh, I don't remember what it was. It was not about this. This was something the guy told us, though. But that, this is many, many. This was like, I don't know, about hundreds, but at least decades and decades ago. Before they had modern technology and equipment that they do, they could go into coal mines, you know, now, and they know, hey, this is not safe. we got to get out of here because there's gases that are going to kill us or whatever. What they used to do is they would bring a canary down there because if the canary died, that was the sign like, oh, they die first. We need to get out of here right now. Mm-hmm. And that's how they would know to get out. They would not die. I don't know if they'd maybe die like 15 years early because of that. They may have because I know coal mining is not the uh, safest of jobs. But yeah, so if you ever hear anyone talk about it's it's you mostly now canary in the coal mine is used as a you know in writing stories about people who were like, hey, this was the sign that you know the housing bubble had burst or whatever. Gotcha. So yeah, there's your canary in the coal mine. So at the end of the day, if I ask you right now, what do you think is going to happen with the college football season? What would you say as of today, the the middle of July? I want to be a little bit optimistic, so I am going to say, this is what I'm going to say, and this is sad that this is what we're saying counts for optimism from Charlie about college football, that they end up pushing back stuff again and again, and we get to a point in October where they say, we're going to punt and we're going to wait until the spring, and that they're going to end up having a spring college football season. That is the weirdest thing that any of us have ever Experienced college football wise, even weirder than that 2007 season. I hope. And I don't know how that's going to play. It's going to be so weird because there's going to be, like you said, I think there will be a lot of players who just don't play 
And, you know, I don't know if that means some random. Like, I don't know, maybe Northwestern will win the Big Ten. Good because Lord. they never have anyone leave early. Right. And they're all really smart. And they'll be like, hey, guess what? We came up with this complicated thing. And now we, I mean, maybe stuff like that will happen. Maybe it won't matter. And maybe Alabama or Clemson will just be like, hey, we just taught our younger players stuff that made it simple and they act out to people. But, but that's what I think happens at this point. That it's a season from, Hell? I don't know, March to, oh. to June, okay. March to April, March to June, something like that. Well, I hope you are wrong, but we will, it's certainly a possibility, so we will see. Um, a couple other things on the college football landscape then. Uh, by now, you know, everyone knows what, you know, the, you know, the George Floyd death and, um, other that the talks that the college football teams were having, and there was issues down with like with is it Mike or Matt Norvell at, at Florida State? I think it's Mike, isn't it? It's Mike Norvell. Okay, yep. So he had some I issues. I completely that, forgotten all about this until you brought it up right now. So he had some issues dealing with his team and and talking about it, and that things apparently got smoothed over, which is good. The big one though was Chuba uh, Chuba Hubbard, the Oklahoma State running back. And Mike Gundy, the head football coach at Oklahoma State, uh, he wore an OAN shirt. That's a very far-right media um, channel. I've never Hub- heard of it before. I had to have Krenz, or Travis Krenz explain to me what OAN yeah. was. It was something I had honestly never heard of. So like this- tell people were upset about it on Twitter whatever day that was. Which uh, Mike, uh, me, I don't know if this happens to you. My, my like, reference for time is so terrible mm-hmm. ever since this started in March. We're just like, when was that? Was that two right. weeks ago or was that five years ago? I it, don't remember. It, yeah, it feels like an eternity since uh, since the world the sports world stopped on March 12th, which was just four months ago. It just it doesn't feel that way. Um, but, you know, now people are talking about how much more power that college athletes have and... I applaud Hubbard for what he did and calling out his coach, uh, because uh, that that's you you don't want to portray that, especially in light of what happened with George Floyd's death and and stuff. You don't want to have that OAN shirt and say, "Oh, I'm you know the protector of you young men and stuff like that." And it it just is a poor image to me of Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State, and then then you. So then you had a couple of weird videos, and the first one looked really forced, and then Gundy apologized again, and but then I saw something on his, like, uh, was either the athletic director or someone said that he's got to connect with his players more. So it almost seems like Gundy had a little too much power and control, and now that's being stripped back a little bit, or he's under a more closeful eye. What'd you make of that whole situation there at Oklahoma State? And I guess also in general of the the power now that a lot of these college athletes seem to be grasping that they have. I think, I, I would put it this way, that I think college coaches, like many things in our society, at least Western society, I'm not going to pretend I know what's going on in, you know, China day to day, but... A lot with jobs like that, people will, will do whatever they can and get away with whatever you allow them to until you stop allowing it. I think that's just essentially what it is with athletes. That I think a lot of people, there's, I think they realize how much power they have. Some of them are you 
using it, and I think it's just going to change coaches and how they react going forward to a lot of things. I don't think it's going to mean that, like, bad coaches, and I don't mean bad, like, morality-wise, but, you know, Mm -hmm. bad coaches who are good people and understand kids are all of a sudden going to be good. Coaches are just going to adjust and say, okay, well, if that's what you want, we'll do it this way, man. I mean, this is... I, I was going to make it a comparison. Maybe I should... I don't know if this is a perfect comparison, but like in both football and basketball in college, there were a lot of schools, almost every school at some point in time, but especially, you know, schools in the deep south into the 60s and some, I think, even into the 70s that had all white players. And then at some point, mm-hmm. they just realized a lot of them, it's just like, oh, wow, we realized that we can be way better if we don't only have white people playing for us. Mm-hmm. And I, this is not... This isn't the same as that in every way, but I think it's the same that coaches are just going to say, like, all right, well, if this is what they want, we're going to do it this way because we want to win football games. That I think at the end of the day, almost every college football, not every, but almost every college football coach, at least at the, at the FBS level and specifically the Power 5 level, or like Bill Belichick, where they're just, you know, they're maybe more personable because they've got to recruit. But they're just like, all we care about is what we can do to be good at football and make a lot of money to pay for, you know, what our wives and kids want to do. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't mean this to sound like, I don't want to try to make it sound like bad or anything. Because if the players are getting more of what they want, that's probably good. But I think coaches, a lot of them are just going to look and say, okay. I mean, in, in, in a football-specific sense, you know, it was like when a, Nick Saban and Brett Bielema were both complaining, why are we having these hurry-up spread offenses? This ruins the game. Brett Bielema didn't change anything and got fired a few years later. Nick Saban revamped his whole offense and they were even better than afterwards offensively. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's it's just very interesting. I think... I mean, Gundy's had a few outbursts before. You know, he he had the whole quote about "I'm a man, I'm 40," and stuff. So I I just think that maybe he's getting to a be little. Fair, I the "I'm a man, I'm 40." I think it's generally looked at positively. It, it is, it is. But I think he's he's just. I think he's starting to gain a little too much power in there, and I think maybe this took him back a little a peg, and maybe looking at the larger landscape, it's like okay. Maybe this is good. And then you have Dabo Sweeney with some of the things that he had said um, back in the day. And then, you know, where was his stance on this? And he, things seem to be better now at Clemson. Uh, but I know Dabo Sweeney was uh, under the microscope there for a little while. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's it's such a weird situation. Um, it, like I say, 2020. Uh, it's just... It is what it is, and now uh, we're just going to kind of deal with with the college football season. Hopefully we have a college football season, um, and hopefully it's in the fall. I hope I can talk with you. We'll, we can preview some of these conferences. But do you have any other thoughts then on college football in general or where we stand? Um, like you said, you were saying that Gundy had maybe accumulated two power. I was just me. You're going to be stunned. I was going to make a snarky, smart-ass comment. <laughs> it was funny for a guy who's only won one conference title in about 13 years in Oklahoma. So Hey-o. The, uh, Hey-o. The power that he wields Now, to be fair, some of that is that Oklahoma's been really good. Hey, you know what? you got to beat him. It's tough to beat Oklahoma. 
and he's still probably the best Oklahoma State coach ever. But also at the same time, he's only won one conference title. Right. And what's his name? The wealthy billionaire guy is dead. T Boone Pickens. Yeah. Gave them all sorts of money that they basically could bet up a level. Too. Exactly. Exactly. It is going to be weird. I hope we can talk college football here. I hope we, the games will be played in a couple of months. But uh, all well, eyes. The first time you said I hope we can talk in the fall. Now it's only talk college football. No, no, we, we can talk. We can, we can, we can. Absolutely, I will. Uh, we'll talk Miami Dolphins if the NFL season is played at all, or we'll, we'll figure something else to talk about. Uh, we'll make. Think, what do you think about the NFL? Do you think they're going to play? I think they will. Um, I also think they will. Funny, my, funny my, that my uh, the funny joke that I'm ninety percent serious about, ten percent kidding. But I think the NFL will play in Antarctica or Argentina or Laos or Australia if they have to. They're going to be like, no, we're playing these and we're putting them on TV because we want to get the money. And I know at some point a few months ago they said they wouldn't play overseas. I don't know. If they, if they have to, I think they absolutely will. It's, it's got to be up to the players, though. They're going to have to get the players uh, a lot of incentives, a lot of safety in there. And uh, the Jaguars are going to play uh, with 25% capacity for their games this year. That's what the team announced. Um, so that's no so different than any other Sunday. So same as normal. Yep, exactly right. <laughs> uh, the Bengals said that uh, fans cannot tailgate uh, at the stadium before games, which are like, oh, the Bengals had tailgating? Interesting. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, we'll see what happens on the college football front. And when more information comes about, I'll get you back on and we'll do another podcast and we'll, we'll talk more, okay? I'm looking forward to it. All right. You stay safe, stay COVID-19 free, and I'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Sounds good. I will talk to you later, Sackett. All right. Later, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to join us here on the Sports Block Podcast. Lots of good college football talk right there. And hopefully there will be more of that come August. But if the numbers don't drop, of the numbers of COVID cases, especially in the South, all eyes are on the SEC. What does the SEC do? And Charlie, sounds like he kind of hopes for football in the spring. I want football in the fall. College basketball, March Madness, be on time. COVID's going to determine all that, and uh, we will go from there. We will try and do a podcast here in another couple weeks, especially when the NHL begins their playoffs. We'll see if Marcus Traxler can join us uh, to preview that. The NBA will be getting their their end to the regular season as well. So we'll be talking about that and the latest on college football and baseball and um, and the NFL. So definitely stay tuned for that. So that will be in a couple of weeks most likely. You can find this uh, podcast and all of our other podcasts on podcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Travis Crins at Travis Crins, Charlie Hildebrand at C.E. Hildebrand. Follow me or, uh, on, you can also be friends with me on Facebook. A link to the podcast is posted after each episode. So thank you to Travis. Thank you to Charlie for listening. And thank you, or they, Maybe they're listening. Thank you to Charlie and Travis for joining me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We're a little rusty. We haven't done one of these in almost uh, three months. So I hope you enjoyed it. We'll try and do a few more of these as sports get back into motion here and and more stuff happens. So um, definitely stay tuned for that. We'll have another one here, hopefully in a couple weeks, two or three weeks tops. 
Uh, so for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Stay safe, wear a mask, stay COVID-19 free, and we'll talk to you soon on another episode of the Sports Block Podcast.